0: The word of God. Read from Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 45. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Amen. Throughout scripture, there is a principle of spiritual life that is often overlooked and rarely meditated on. That is the timeliness of prayer. Most of our praying is timely or has an immediate context. For instance... We pray for a child that is sick because they are currently suffering from a cold. We pray for a financial need because this afternoon we received an unanticipated bill. The soldier prays prior to an impending battle because his life is at risk. So much of our praying is about the here and now, and if prayer is not offered in the moment, the opportunity is gone. With prayer, there is also an an eternal aspect that should be accounted for, which the saints and disciples live in, but that is for another devotion. Both sides of prayer are essential, and today we're going to consider the immediacy or timeliness of prayer. In our passage, Jesus enters the Garden of Gethsemane, which was situated on the Mount of Olives. He went there with his disciples after having shared Passover. He had been there before to get away from the crowds. But this night he goes there to pray, for he sees what is about to happen. This night he will be betrayed and arrested. Again, within the moment, there is a timeliness to praying. When he and the disciples arrive at the garden, he tells them explicitly that they are to pray so that they might escape temptation that is close approaching. Then he separates himself from them and prays to his father. Within the report given to us by Luke, we have a synopsis of his praying. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Immediately, an angel appeared to him and strengthened him for the trial at hand. In his agony, he persists in his praying, praying with everything he had within him. Luke says that his praying was so intense that his sweat fell to the ground like blood from a wound. Did the Father answer or attend to the prayer of Christ? Yes, of course. Through the angel giving him strength, and through Jesus' own acceptance of the will of the Father that he go to the cross, we can see the answer of God. Do you see the timeliness of prayer in the example of Jesus? When that prayer ended, he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. It was then he asked the question, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Why are you sleeping? The simple answer to this question is that there is a timeliness to sleeping just as there is to praying. When you are tired, your body tells you to find rest or sleep. The disciples were human, men prone to weariness. They had witnessed in the past week the raising of Lazarus. They had heard Jesus teaching in the temple. They had witnessed Jesus enter into Jerusalem. They had shared the Passover with him and heard him give the cup and bread to them. And finally, they had heard him say that he would be betrayed by one of them and denied and abandoned. So why are we sleeping, Jesus? Because we're tired. It's all so much. We are sad that you ever thought that we would not remain with you no matter what happened. But Jesus never asks a question casually, but always with purpose and intent. And with this question, he intends to wake them up to what was about to happen to him and to them. If they slept to the moment or if they slept through the moment, it'd be too late for praying. The time of trial was at hand. For Christ, that meant submitting to the cross, an assumption of all of our sins upon himself. It meant death and being forsaken by his father. In all this, Christ was submissive and loyal to God's will. For the disciples and Peter, it meant being threatened with arrest, but even more so the temptation to disown Christ. Though they had pledged loyalty to Jesus, they would fail miserably. They all fled, except for Peter. But he, when confronted, failed even more so. He denied Christ three times, not to authorities, but to a housemaid and a small crowd. When Peter was confronted by those outside of Pilate's residence, it was too late to pray. The time for prayer had come and was now gone. The time to pray had been in the garden. The time of trial was the time to speak up for Christ. And in this he failed. Did he fail because he did not pray? Because he had missed the time for prayer? Just as Peter failed, Christ was triumphant to the utter end. At no point did he try to get out of his Father's will. At no point did he surrender to fear or the agony of what he was going through. At no point did he forget where his loyalty lie. In the end, as we saw on that Easter morn, he was victorious over all he had faced and went through. Did he succeed in his intention because he prayed? If prayer was necessary for Christ in that moment in the garden... How necessary was it for his disciples? I'm afraid I've made this too simple. When it comes to Christ, there is always more to the story, more that we cannot see. Still, one cannot escape the necessity and timeliness of prayer if you're going to follow him. Too often we miss the moment of prayer because we're tired and we've been sleeping. We never perceive the trial or test to come because we have been lulled to sleep by our weariness or emotions or maybe by our sins. Only in the moment of decision, of action, do we understand the danger we have put ourselves in spiritually. So can you hear Jesus asking you, why are you sleeping? The question is meant to wake us up. I was amazed at the number of instances throughout the Bible where I found the imperative for us to wake up. One such passage concerns the church, the church today, as it was facing seduction in the world. It is originally written to the church in Sardis by John in Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. There he says this, "'Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, "'which are about to die.'" The word today is not complex. It is wake up and attend to your praying. Get up in the morning and pray. Before you put your head on that pillow at night, pray. In the process of making those decisions that we all have to make, pray, 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 and pray some more. If we don't but persist in sleeping, When temptation comes, we will fall, for that is what we do most naturally. But when we pray, we are no longer handling life and the resources we have in ourselves, but we are doing it in the power of living as Christ lived, in the power of the Holy Spirit, according to the will of the Father. That will lead us to a place where we are victorious in the midst of all our trials and temptations, and then God is glorified. Hear the promise of God. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead. Then Christ will shine on you. Amen. Let us pray. Victorious Christ, hear our prayers. Too often, God, we fall away through the momentary lapses of weakness. We don't perceive the trouble we are in or the test about to descend upon us. You spoke, but we heard you not because we were asleep. Forgive us and wake us up. Teach us to awaken the flesh that the heart, body, and mind can attend to your prayer. Create in us a desire for the one needful thing, which is to pay attention and listen to your speaking voice. And when timely need of our body for rest descends upon us, at that same moment you call us to pray, infuse us with the necessity of the hour. As you taught us, we pray now, Lord, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name alone do we pray this. Amen. And amen.